0: chris friesen
1: hello hi
0: Hi. technical difficulties my man man. (laughs) we uh you know what's going on already we've got steve Onatera, the samurai guitarist himself and declan mcgarry from me and molly uh, on the call so you know a little bit about what's happening because we've already introed this about nine times over but uh let's tell everybody what's going on so um, Steve and Deck they've both been avid listeners of the cast and been super into the story um, thinking through it and they've got some of their own questions along with uh, different listeners that have questions and I've got questions to close some of the loops that um, that have come up throughout our conversation so if uh, if anybody's tuning in just now this is episode eight uh, of character and um we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A. So the, the show is an arc show, and that just means that each episode it follows the last. So if you're tuning in now, you want to go back to uh, episode one and figure out how we got here exactly. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a back seat. So Steve and Deck are going to steer the ship on this and ask some of the questions, and I'm just going to do a little bit of color commentary. So uh, that's where we're sitting, man.
1: All right. That's cool. This will be an interesting experience.
0: Yeah, I think it will. So I've got one thing that, before we get into everything, um, one thing that that you and I talked about after last week, we recorded uh, a pretty heavy episode. Um, if yeah. anybody's listening to eight, they've hopefully listened to seven. Um, and I think it left us both with some interesting feelings after uh based on some of the stuff that we had talked about so we we refrained from talking about it all week uh with the exception of the next day i i had told you that i listened to the episode again and it was it was pretty tough man it was like i know this isn't about me by any means but it was really tough to carry that information for a week and not tell you and then listen to it the next day after we recorded it and i felt kind of sick to my stomach in a way it was weird um
1: i don't know like almost like you're keeping a secret from a from a from a close friend that you know you they should know um kind of feeling i'm
0: ben grennell and this is character episode eight your turn to ask Why would I keep it from you like you? It's almost like you're more deserving than I am to know information about your own life and your mom. Like you're entitled to know that stuff, and I'm withholding it because we've agreed that we're gonna do this cast and research it and uh, see where the story goes. So based on the conversations we are having, Saying like, oh, maybe we should look into this or that. And I explored it a little bit further. And so you get to this fine line where I almost felt like after the fact, I was like, I didn't tell you, but I wanted to tell you. And then it's like, is this right to not tell somebody about their life for the sake of, like, let's dumb it down for the sake of entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's not why we're doing it that way. But it's just like, it leaves you with these weird feelings, so.
1: Yeah, and I think ultimately I think like the, the way that we handled things and did things, the way that you did things was it was perfectly fine um in this situation. Like not everybody would have the same reaction like um that I would have, I guess, to this. But uh withholding information, I mean, can I say withholding information is that the correct way to say that? I don't know. I think so. Said it. Um but yeah, I like I don't want you to feel um bad about it uh withholding it because it was and i did agree in it and i totally um don't feel bad about it like i don't yeah it doesn't bother me
0: yeah one of the other things that you said that you actually i think you said it like right after we had um recorded after we pressed stop on ep 7 you're saying that like and it was still early because you're digesting the information and thinking about it but you said that it all you felt like the dots had been connected and that um you almost like you started to feel i can't remember the word you started to feel more i think that that was the word that you'd used which yeah. is interesting
1: and it, it, it's it's really weird because throughout my my life i haven't really i have a, i have a really hard connection with like feeling certain emotions and like it was just really strange to have those emotions. Uh, I guess it's just like everything kind of fit together as a puzzle and everything kind of just like rushed in my head, like visually everything that I've grown up wondering just kind of all collapsed at once. And it was just a really strange, uh, feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's what it is, right? Like a lot of the stuff that we talk about, it's pretty matter of fact. And, uh, I think what we should do is probably just jump into to some of the questions to see how, how this information has been digested or, or maybe get more insight into some of the things that we've been thinking about and maybe you've been thinking about as, uh, in the feelings that have come up as we've, we've been doing this cast. So I'm going uh, to step away here and just be a listener. But uh, let the Samurai Man, Steve Onatera, jump in there and uh, Declan McGarry. Take it away, gents.
2: Well All Thank right. you guys for uh, having us co-host the show. This is an absolute pleasure. I mean, I'm a big, huge fan of the show, and I've been uh, thoroughly enjoying it so far. So
3: I'm looking forward to today. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I go got on, a question. Unlimited I, I, opportunity.
3: I want to jump in uh, just from what uh, Ben was saying. This is Declan. It's good to meet you finally, Chris, too. I feel like I already know you, but uh, yeah. I, I know you. Uh, Internet high five. Yeah, you get that a lot, I'm sure, these days. Um, so Ben brought up some, uh, some pretty heavy material last episode, but it wasn't that hard to find. I mean, it was a couple of basic Google searches, um, could have turned up a lot of that information. So did, with that in mind, did you, was there a part of you that didn't want to know, um, it didn't want to go looking for, for that?
1: And this is crazy because, um, it's I, I can't give a definite answer on that, but like it's 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 really weird because I'm really good at digging up information. I'm very techie uh, computer wise. And and after the cast, I like sat down and the whole next day I'm just like thinking to myself, and I, I even said it to uh, uh Brittany, my girlfriend, afterwards. I'm just like, this is just really strange for me because like if there's something I want to know, I'm like almost instantly going to look it up. So I'm not really sure. Like I actually was baffled that I had not tried to look this up before. Hmm. So I'm possibly, I didn't want to know, or again, it's the push under the rug thing that we keep talking, talking about. And it's just like, I was just going to leave it kind of in the back of my head.
3: So now that you do know, and then I'll pass this over to Steve, but let me just ask a second part. Now that you do know, how do you feel are you are you uh are you happy that you know or, or what what are your feelings
1: um to be honest i think i'm still digesting this the whole concept because like um i know there's some stuff that i had uh talked to my sister about or, and she wanted to tell me but she never really wanted she said she couldn't tell me because her stepdad was in the room and stuff like that but i i feel like this is it this was uh part of it was um she knew what my mom was doing and and everything and I didn't and uh I think I just need more closure like I need to talk to her about it and see if what she knows is what we have found out um uh, yeah it, it's just it's still strange it's just sitting in my stomach like a rock still
2: hmm. all right well I'm going to dive in here and maybe ask the next question here uh so Chris I mean obviously there's been a number of people who have had uh have gotten a great a lot of of joy and interest from your story and for me personally I know why I find it interesting but I'm curious from your perspective why do you think other people find your story interesting
1: so this is this is like kind of goes back to when Ben and I f- first talked about this like he was uh taking off from skip for a while and this is we were sitting by the window and we had this discussion and i had told him some things and um his reaction to what i told him was most people's reaction when i tell them some of these stories is just kind of like wow that's kind of crazy so when ben came to me and he's like hey let's do this uh podcast about your, your your life stories here and i'm just like To myself, I was just like, okay, well, this is just going to be another kind of, like, opportunity for me to tell, um, basically, now it seems like the world, um, my personal story about my life. Um, I'm not really sure if that answers your question or not.
2: I think it does. Uh, I guess kind of on that note, going forward, um, you don't have to give specific details, but are there things that you're thinking about uh, that will come up later in the story that you're just like... I don't know if I want to share that or I don't know if that's, I'm ready to put that out into the world.
1: Um, yes and no. Uh, For the future, I've, I've, I've talked to Ben about this Um, kind of, we don't really talk a whole lot about like specific things, but we do talk about h- how we want to uh, relay some certain information. Um, in the future, I will be uh, mentioning people, but I won't be mentioning their names. Yeah, just for the, for their sake.
2: I've thought like, have, have do you find? I mean, because these are obviously all real people, all part of uh, your story, and they're all people who a lot of them still live in Winnipeg. So I, I remember listening to to it a couple times and just thinking, I do you feel weird at all about mentioning like names or or people like that who could theoretically be I don't know traced down? Not that they necessarily would be. <laughs>
1: yeah um that has definitely come up um more or less about my childhood stuff um i kind of like i really knew most of these people like they're very uh fairly close to like all my friends so um i i figured that i would mention some of the, some of their names because i i feel like they would understand now i can't actually guarantee that they will understand but for the future it's just that these people that are going to come up in some of these stories. They are not. Um, they're way. They're very different from how they were in in say like uh, my Gimli life and after that. So um, I'm going to uh, yeah, I'm going to change their names.
3: <laughs> um, but I got a, a burning question that uh, as I listen as we get deeper into the into your life. Um, is this is there a line that you're in danger of crossing between you know sharing your story for good and sharing it for uh, voyeuristic uh, t- you know temptations for the public like like at some point are you afraid of becoming the bearded lady at the carnival that everybody stares at? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, no, not really. I'm not scared of that. Um, you
3: feel like you're still getting a lot out of it? Uh,
1: I, I don't feel, if if I understand it, what you're asking correctly, I, I don't think that I'll feel um, any different than I do now. Like, uh, people come to me at work cause most of the people I haven't seen anyone outside of work that has listened to the podcast, only people at work and they come up to me and they, they, they usually talk to me about it. And, uh, I don't, I don't really feel anything any different than I would if I was just like talking to my roommate about it or something like that. Um, right. I don't know if that's quite what you're asking. Yeah. Me, but...
3: Yeah. So, you know, it, you're still seeing positive, uh, positives from this as opposed to negatives
1: yeah
2: i mean one of the things and i I guess this isn't really a question one of the things i just find find really fascinating about this whole the whole podcast and the whole uh the whole story behind it is like so for most people what most people do with social media and the internet is you kind of show your your highlight reel you show the world what you want to show them Mm -hmm. um when i make YouTube videos, for example, I only take the best parts of my, my clips and, and, uh, and stuff like that. I only show the world what I want to, but with you and with this, I think it's so interesting because I don't feel like that has been part of it at all. It's a a refreshing way to hear people use, I, I guess the internet, you hear the warts, the wrinkles, the good stuff, the bad stuff. And it just seems, I mean, one of the things that draws me in is just the, the realness of the, uh, of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of interesting because I watch a lot of different YouTube channels. Like I watch, uh, if anybody knows Philip DeFranco, or oh, like, just
2: I love Philip DeFranco. Philip, yeah, dude.
1: so good, and like he's very true about everything. And like um, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight, or can't figure what his 2988, name is. I'm a big fan yeah, that, too. Um, also, very real. Will uh, speak their mind and, and not worry about um, what other people think. Even though that, yes, probably some of the stuff that Philip does uh, is kind of edited, but for the most part, he's fairly real. Um, but then there's a lot of YouTubers that I watch that have these super fake personalities and only show like the the like the the good real. Like, uh, um, no offense to YouTubers, but like a lot of them say like um, the fake minecraft voice is what i call it drives me bonkers and like the uh, like the always being really like I, it almost feels like people are not being themselves so like there's are just like hey today we're gonna go and dig this hole in minecraft yeah i'm happy 24 7 no i don't know it, it weirds me <laughs> out have you ever thought <sighs> about
2: doing uh, anything on youtube
1: um yeah actually I have I have quite a bit but it's like um uh I don't know maybe it's anxiety that it doesn't push me towards actually doing it but um
2: so to me that's hilarious you have anxiety about doing like like youtube stuff but here you are sharing your whole life story
1: yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird right um i think i'm just more um afraid to um do something wrong in the field uh, that I would choose to make YouTube videos. Like, I'm sure um, might feel the same way. Like, what if I play a song not in the right um, yeah. order that somebody else plays it in, right? Or something like that? I don't know. Stage no, fright, maybe? I
2: get, I get you. I think that's a... I don't quite know how to phrase this, but I think that's an interesting uh, and and mostly positive look, I guess, at your character when you're saying, I'm willing to share... Shared that, and I'm I I can stand behind I guess uh, my life story, and I'm I don't I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but it sounds
3: it sounds like you, Chris, that you have sort of a a, uh, aversion to phoniness, and when you're telling your story on this podcast, it's so real. I mean, it's just you know it it's it's black and white. Um, There's nothing fake about it. But when you go and make art, and this is something that I've struggled with as a songwriter, when you make art people want to know the story behind the song, you know, or, or the story behind whatever piece of art you've created. And if, if it's, and they want a real story, you know, they want something that actually happened. And and when I tell them, look, I'm, I'm a, I'm a storyteller, you know, I made this up out of, uh, in my head, you know, the the look of disappointment on them is so noticeable. It's like, I, I fooled them, you know, shame on me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's so, uh, always struck me as it's so odd that you don't you know an author can tell a story uh that's made up but you know a songwriter has to be it, everything has to be based on something real you know
1: yeah it's it's crazy to think like uh like music uh for instance uh the, i've played in a couple bands in my time and uh it, it's kind of weird like you listen to 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 uh bands like say like um Nobody has to know them, but Pup. They're a they're they're a punk band. Yeah, they... I know
2: I know Pup quite well. I went to school with uh with Stevan. No, I didn't go to school with him. I knew him in uh Toronto before. No so way. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh man, that's so rad.
2: That's uh uh not to get too uh off topic, but uh so I I used to play in a couple ska bands in Toronto, Oh, yeah. and his circuit he had a band back in the day and i can't remember what they were called they had a little bit of traction and so we ran in the same circles and uh yeah uh no before topanga ah okay and then topanga i think they changed the name of that to pup for whatever reason and so it's been Ah. so cool because i just keep on hearing their name pop up and they're such an awesome band and i love them and uh yeah i'm just a little bit of a fanboy as far as that goes and i just it's so cool hearing it pop up organically like that
1: I'm so I'm a huge pup fan. Uh, Topanga was their name because they liked uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World. (laughs) And then what happened was they brought back um, whatever the 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 remake of Boy Meets World, and they like ruined Topanga or something. So they didn't like that. So then they changed their name to Pup, which Pup actually stands for something long. I can't remember what it stands for. Anyway, Um, but the reason I brought them up is because their music uh, is so heartfelt and it's like their stories, like um, I don't know all their names, but uh, it's so heartfelt and it's about stories. And then you have these other bands um, that, uh, that make music that are just like made up stories. So I I, like, I kind of understand where that comes from. Um, But growing up, um, I, I, as everybody whoever listens to the podcast knows is that I've jumped around from uh different types of groups that have changed my personality uh quite a bit and then um basically at one point in my life I just I I I would consider it I say this all the time and I would just say like I'm a realist I see things for how I see them and it's like um I'm not afraid to uh show that like if I'm not going at work to a lot of people can say that I'm very blunt. If you make a mistake, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to make up a story that I have to tell you that you made a mistake. I'm just going to tell you. So, um, that's kind of my mentality. And, uh, (laughs) then there's like the YouTube thing, which is uh, like, I can't just, I just can't decide what I, what I want to do with it.
2: I feel like there's, I think there's, there's always a place for that, the realness on youtube and i think that's maybe the the beauty of of the platform is like you connect with people in such a different way than than you do through a tv yeah. i mean like i know i personally have fallen asleep watching youtube videos like you're like it's such an intimate connection with the person on the screen who's talking to a camera about their own life so i don't know i feel like it's there's a there's a place there for everyone and i always try to to encourage it hey Chris. Um,
3: On the reference of Boy Meets World, serious question. Does it annoy you when Ben drops pop culture references that you don't get?
1: Dude, like, I don't, okay, I don't understand uh, movie quotes and I don't understand pop culture things. It doesn't annoy me because it has happened forever.
3: Man, I love it. My friends hate it. I think think that's that's so funny. Hey, I I also want to get this in before I forget. Um, I'm actually a Friesen, too.
1: Oh, <laughs> right
3: yeah. on. My mom's a Friesen. That's, she, that's cool. Her, uh, her, her, my grandfather, her dad, was born and raised in Steinbeck. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? We're, we're probably that's related nuts. somewhere down the line.
1: Um, a lot of people always say that about Friesens, but so many. Um, I found out that I'm the last living bloodline of my Friesens. Like I'm if I don't have a child, my bloodline of freezes will not continue.
3: oh great, well, you pop that balloon <laughs> I was <laughs> so excited that maybe we'd have a <laughs> relationship. some kind of connection somewhere
1: maybe it maybe it's possible maybe. maybe my my grandparents' parents somewhere down in Russia or something, yeah, maybe
3: yeah, thank you there you go <laughs> um, Chris, I'm gonna
2: dive in here um kay. the question that people have been dying to know at least i have since uh maybe the first time you mentioned video games which video games are you currently playing
1: oh man um so currently i picked up a game called near now i cannot say this for the life of me everyone always corrects me on it but near automata autom- automata i don't know it's some uh japanese rpg um i mean knowing my history of playing final fantasy games which are japanese rpgs um it fits right in but it's becoming one of my favorite games ever played um it's absolutely insane um, are, you,
2: are you console or pc
1: i'm pc i have a console it's mainly to play games with um certain people and play a, a lot of J, jrpgs only come out for uh ps4
3: what's a console,
2: a a console? nintendo like a, a box oh, that you I plug see. into your tv I, versus I, a I,
3: versus a computer are you, a watered-down computer? Are you a gamer, Steve?
2: Yes, I would classify myself. I go through phases where I just get deep into video games for, like, a month and then have no social life, and then I forget about them for a month, and <laughs> it's a little bit of a
3: cycle. That's my concern, <laughs> yeah. I think I've just become, like, a hermit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a closet hermit. <laughs> if anybody's going to understand that reference right now, maybe not. Um,
3: but I guess you have you have social networks now when you play games. Like you, yeah, it's a social experience. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. definitely
3: a social experience.
2: I mean, right before this podcast, I got a message asking if I wanted to play with a bunch of my friends. Uh, I guess on that note, do you have a favorite video game of oh, all time? Man. One that stands out.
1: Um, probably, like all time favorite is going to be Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Good old Ness. The uh, or the character's name is Ness. For anybody that's wondering, there's also something called. NES, which is the Dang Nintendo it. system, entertainment system. Cool. Um, um,
2: I guess, alright, so to maybe get things, to take things out of the light and get a little heavier. So, one of the things that really stood out to me, and I'm not sure how I'm going to phrase this into a question or if it's a question or if it's just a statement, is you talked a lot about uh, like the Mennonite way and how anything that gets kind of too heavy people just sweep under the rug and don't talk about um, and so I just found that so interesting because there's like one or two people I know who kind of have a very, very similar story. Um, they came, grew up in, I guess, uh, not the the most privileged of circumstances, and and anything that I guess wasn't nice and and nice and light and rainbowy got swept under the rug, and it really, I guess, kind of messed with them. So, do you think maybe that has part to do? With why you're so open about things now,
1: I definitely think that's part of it. Um, as much as I like um, think I know how I feel and how I a- act to things, um, there is like deep down there is definitely a lot of things that are just like subconsciously there um, that I do because of how I was raised and my experiences growing up. Um, but yeah, that is definitely one of them.
2: Yeah, so I guess I mean I guess to 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 think about things I'm, I guess in the distant future, maybe not even the future, but if you were to uh, I guess have a family or, or have kids or whatever, do you think your I guess like uh, the way that you would raise your kids or whatever, it would be very much do you think we still have elements of that or would you make a conscious effort to say, Hey, I didn't think this was a good part of my childhood. I'm going to try to be open as possible.
1: I think as much as I would prefer to um, raise my children um, how I'd want to, there's definitely without a doubt in my subconscious, there would be doing, this, I'd be doing things that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to do because of, Uh, how I was raised. So the, the brushing under the rug thing, as much as I talk about it and much as we've done, um, it's happened to me growing up is I probably still do stuff like that. Um, Like for instance, just never looking up my mom's uh, information. That's probably partially because of um, not wanting to know. And just like it happened in the past and leave in the past. Right. Um, Funny thing about that, how the kids and thing though is I don't believe in marriage and I don't want to have kids of my own. <laughs> Fair enough.
3: What, yeah. what do you, when you say you don't believe in marriage? Explain that.
1: Ah, uh, good question. I was hoping that was coming up. Um, I also I believe this was again probably because of the way that my upbringing was. But I see. Um, now I don't know if this is going to hurt people or not. But whatever. Um, I see marriage as a uh as a religious thing and i'm not religious in any way and i don't really uh appreciate religion there's only one instance where religion has i've seen it as a good thing and that was when my almost passing uh she wasn't scared to um to go because she believed she was going to a better place and she was uh she was, uh, yeah, Mennonite.
3: Right, but you don't see any social contract for marriage.
1: No, um, it's. It, I mean, you can do it not at a priest and everything like that, but it's again. I just see it as a, as a. I don't know, as a religious thing, something that doesn't need to be done. I think I feel like it's 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 something that's been built into our genes so many times. Uh, again, going back to the cat theory, if anybody's listened to that, is like white picket fence, got to get married kind of deal. Yeah.
3: Well, you heard it here, ladies, from Chris's mouth. Sorry <laughs> Heart- heartbreak
2: here. heartbreak, across the nation.
1: Yeah. Heartbreak well, all it is, over here tonight. <laughs> okay. So on a non-selfish side of this is I have given an ultimatum. I guess I don't know if that's the word I should be using, but for the most part, for girlfriends that I've had <laughs> – and my current girlfriend, I have given the option, if they want to have kids, you have up until I turn 30.
2: <laughs> How old <laughs> and are you? are 29
1: now? I'm 29, and I turn 30 this year. On one other condition is that we are uh, financially fit. Those are my only conditions that we can have a kid, is before I'm 30 and we're financially fit. Uh, I'm turning 30 this year, and I am nowhere near financially fit to have a child.
3: What what do you do? Like I know where you work and I'm not asking, you know, you don't have to say where you work, but what do you do at your job?
1: I am I uh basically I don't wanna, I'm a team lead for a website uh content team. I don't I, man, our title has changed so many different times. Um basically um So you manage the website? Sites. No, I manage. I manage, manage over a, a bunch team. of people that the team that create menus, right, for the website.
3: So, do you manage? So, do you like managing people? Is that something that you
1: you're good at? Um, it's weird because um, I've worked retail my whole life, um, with the uh, exception of um, an insulating job I had uh, in Gimli, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> see, we have been oh, told always
3: another story.
1: Yeah. Always another story. Um, but for some reason, every retail job that I've had, I've always worked up to a management role and and the most part I haven't really tried. I kind of, I guess just the way that I was going, it just led up to a management role. Um, and funny thing is my roommate, we worked together before uh at a at a retail store and we currently work at the same place now and I was his boss then and I'm his boss now so I don't know it just kind of happens I always end up in some sort of leadership role
2: hmm. I got a question for you um so I've known uh, like I mentioned before I knew a couple of people who had similar situations uh growing up uh fairly I guess not the most privileged uh upbringing and whatnot um, so I guess my question is, one of the recurring themes, uh, when I got to like heavy discussions with these people, they would say stuff like, every now and then I just feel like I don't belong in this world that they're in right now. They say, you know, I came from this thing, now I'm in this other thing. Um, I came from this place of of not having much and I've worked my way up in the world. And part of me carries this thing with me where I feel like I don't belong here. Now by no means do I think that that should be there but I'm curious if you feel that at all because it seems like you're a fairly well adjusted guy with a with a good job and a good life now does part of you think maybe you belong back where you started does that make
1: sense um i think what i, I think i understand now this is really strange cuz my whole life I've always felt like this. And and I think a lot of even like teens and stuff like that going through, you know, their anxiety teen life, they 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 usually feel like, "Oh, no one understands me and I don't usually like feel uh like I belong to this way." And um uh that's definitely something that I felt growing up. Actually, like me and my friends um when we we're growing up, we always talked about like this is just like we don't belong here. We feel like aliens. I like at a lot of the time like growing up when I was at like family gatherings, say like Christmas or Easter when my family still had that kind of stuff together, um I felt even at a young age, I just felt out of place. Like I I just felt like I I I, I shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um Is that is that still, still with you? It it still is. Um there was some experiences um, that I had that we <laughs> will talk about um, that made me feel like I like, I don't want to say like had a home, but I, it's like, I felt like that's where I should be. And uh, it's kind of like the feeling of um, let's, let's say like the, the washed up rock star feel. It's like you, Um, you're in a band and you're, all, you know, is being on tour and, um, that's your life. And then when you say your band's not popular anymore or anything, or you decide that you should be doing something different, um, no matter what, you are going to miss that lifestyle that like freedom.
2: Yeah. When you're going to parent teacher conferences or something and you're thinking back how a year ago you're on the road doing whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, I I feel like that happens to a lot of people even not just like rock stars but just like in general I
3: had a friend who was uh, I wouldn't say he was a rock star but he was very successful touring musician and he's like the hardest thing is when you get off the road and you come back home and your wife asks you to take the trash out
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that's Um,
3: you know it's balancing the two very different worlds yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah. head spaces Uh, too
3: yeah
1: little a little bit of a spoiler is um when i was in that band um nah no i'm I'm not gonna drop that here that's no that's not gonna happen (laughs) i'm looking
2: forward to that i'm looking forward to to part two of this story or what okay so here's a question we've heard uh basically up your life up to gimli would that be like is that half the story or is that a quarter of the way through the story like where that are we know. in
1: that uh, yeah, I, that's, that's kind a good of question like, i mean
2: it's still ongoing
1: yeah it's ongoing it's uh like as this thing progresses i've been kind of taking somewhat of a linear path or trying to um to get to where i am now but when me and ben first talked about this we're like well how long can this go on for and i'm just like well i'm pretty sure there's a lot of information there's a lot of stories but Technically, I don't really know how long we can go on with this. So, um, that is that is unknown. Like this could be the middle. This could be still part of the beginning. We don't. I don't quite know. There's still a lot to talk about
3: when it does. (laughs) A lot of fun stuff. When it does end, and when you feel like it's over, uh, the telling of your story. What do you hope to gain from it all? Nice question, Deck.
1: Thank you, Steve. (laughs) And. I I don't really want to make it a disappointing answer, but I don't really, I didn't start this to gain anything. Right. I just, uh, I started this to just, uh, but what tell a story,
3: but since you're already, but since you're in it now, um, you know, there's, there's, you've seen a lot of positive, I'm assuming from it. Um, Oh yeah. In your, your, you know, in in your, uh, your best sort of guess, what, what do you hope, what's the most positive thing you hope to um, happen from this experience?
1: I think, I think the most positive thing is now that this has happened, um, like up to this point that we're, uh, what this is the eighth episode, um, that there's so many puzzle pieces that have been put together and, um, there's a lot that I don't want to bring up yet because it has a lot to do with, how i am now um but in the end um the way that things are going i'm hoping that the puzzle piece the puzzle in my head is going to get connected even more it doesn't have to finish it just i'm just at the end of it i'm just hoping that more information that i was curious about in my life just kind of comes together
3: and helps you understand who you are and how you got here Yeah.
1: Um, that's, that's kind of, uh, kind of a weird feeling too, is like, I know my story, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know my story. And by me telling, um, my story is helping me remember and putting things, um, together. Basically, um, I'm finding out reasons why I did certain things or why certain things happened. Um, which is crazy. So either have there been any?
3: Go ahead.
2: Sorry please. to jump in here. So Dex said before, like, yeah, you've obviously, or there's been some positive things that have come from this. Has there been anything negative that's come from the podcast?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, the way, the only thing that I think is 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 like uh, is negative to me is, and I don't, I don't know why I see this as a negative is that, um, I guess it makes sense too is that my feelings, um, I've I, I I've felt things that I've never felt before. Um.
2: and so maybe that goes both ways that's par- partially
1: yeah it's kind it of like, like a neutral, neutral just,
2: yeah there could be something okay. great that comes from that or you can learn something about yourself or it can be uncomfortable to feel those things i'm not sure yeah
1: yeah for example um when i first started at my job i had told my boss and this is this was another reaction of that i was not really like affected by, and I didn't really understand why he he acted this way. But it was my second day. Um, I had just come in to work, and I took my boss aside, and I was like, "Hey, I need to. Um, is it okay if I take uh, a couple of days off for my uh, my mother's funeral?" And to this day, he kind of um, he's just like weirded out. He was just like, "Oh, oh, yeah, like definitely." And I didn't really, I I still don't really understand why he acted kind of weird to it. But I I mean, after I told him like that, we weren't, I wasn't very close with my mother. Um, I hadn't talked to her, seen her in a long time, that he kind of understood. But it it still like was a crazy reaction on his point. Like he was just like kind of like baffled almost that I like worded it the way I did. I, I don't know. I don't know. well, because you, like you, I you, said, I kind of just say things how I feel like they should be said I don't
3: know, yeah, I mean, I think that things y- your quote unquote normal is is a lot more extreme than um a lot of ours, you know I mean for mo- yeah, most absolutely. of us losing a mother, you wouldn't even ask to have time off, you would just you know it's just, it's assumed in society, you know um and and so yeah i can I could see how he would. React a little, like, excuse me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's pretty much how
2: it was. To go to your
3: mother's funeral. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Of course, you can take time off.
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
2: you got to come to work that day. Yeah. <laughs> good he good was morning. more
1: or less like when he talked to me about it. He was like, um, he's like, you could have just said I'm going to a funeral. He didn't have to say like your mother's funeral, and I'm like, well, it was my mother's funeral, isn't? I, I guess that. Part of that information didn't need to be said, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I got a
3: question. Um, your fir- very first episode, um, and I remember listening to it and wanting to yell into the, my phone this question. Um, I mean, it's you know not literally, but I I, didn't, I wasn't quite clear. After your mom gave birth to you in the hospital, and you were addicted to speedballs, um, which obviously was a result of your mom doing speedballs and other drugs was she arrested or was she allowed to go home with you
1: that i don't know because ben i i must have gone home with her because ben had found the place that i grew up like i first had been living at or where my mother was living at i can't remember that address um 68 boyle street that's it um so i'm not really sure like i must have
2: but isn't that child abuse I think it's not, a, it wouldn't be an arrest. It would be more like child and family services starts to get involved at that point.
1: Yeah. I feel like they must have like, this is all assumptions, but, um, like for the child services to kick in must've taken a little bit of time. So I must've been with my mother up until that point because there was also that ad or I can't remember what it was called, um, calling out my grandparents right to claim me, I guess. All like, right that sounds terrible but i guess that's basically what it was
0: it was a legal notice maybe what, what i'll do is i'll put a little color commentary into this here so what we know is you were born september 28th 1987 what we don't know is whether or not from that time until september 3rd 1989 whether or not you'd spent A portion of time with your grandma and grandpa and your mom or if you were just with your mom we don't know that but what we know is that that legal notice happened on that September 3rd 89 that's when your grandparents had um, put forward like a motion or an application I guess you could say um, for legal custody or guardianship so you might have been staying with them and then they just said let's make this official or yeah. you could have been with your mom and they're like, okay, hey, this is like, given the situation, we're making this happen legally. Right. So we don't yeah. know that. And I don't know. The only way you could ever find out is from your grandma. If she would remember, because it sounds like your grandpa. Um,
1: yeah. My grandfather wouldn't, would never tell me. He wouldn't tell you, even if you no, without a doubt, he would not tell me at all. Yeah. You would just deter completely from that. How
2: does that conversation happen? Like, what do you think that? Because I, I imagine that situation: you walking into the room and saying, "Hey, Grandpa, can you tell me this information?" When you say he deters, is it just does he just say, "No, I I won't tell you that," or like, how does that how does that conversation yeah, go down that. in your mind? I was
1: wondering that too. This is this is really weird. So there's only a couple people that can get to me mentally, where they can just like totally manipulate what I'm thinking and what or what I want to do. And my grandfather is one of them. So, uh, a, basically, um, my grandfather and I, we never say hi and we never say bye. We've been like that since I don't know how long. So just think how weird that is on the phone to have a phone conversation and then it just end. There's no bye. Um, that's how that goes. Um, so if it were to happen, if I was to ask him, I can, this is kind of like a scenario that I make up in my head that's happened multiple times is I call him and I say, I have a question. And then I would just ask the question. There would be no beating around the bush because I don't know. I just don't like beating around the bush. So, and then he would ask why, why do you want to know that? Always ask, why do you want to know that? And he's like, you don't need to worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. He keeps going. And then eventually I just forget just like that. I wanted to know the question and I just want to get off the phone. So that's usually what happens. And that happens in person, too. Uh, I try not to do it in person because we actually, like, we really don't get along when we fight. So it's like we don't get to stay in the same room for very long if I ask questions.
2: Right. Yeah, that kind of shines some light on that. I mean, that makes sense to me.
3: Hey, when did you decide um, to turn your life around? How how old were you and what was the
1: is that a spoiler no uh no that's not a spoiler yeah no we've we've uh we've kind of touched on it before a little bit it's about um right when i hit uh high school uh i'd say like grade 10 grade uh like 9 slash 10 because i took grade 9 courses in grade 10 that's around when it kind of happened it's kind of um Like at the end of middle school was kind of like where everybody kind of split up. Like I was more into skateboarding where um, certain friends were not into skateboarding anymore. And so I did that a lot. And then uh, in high school, some of us went to one high school and some of us went to a different high school. And then some of us dropped out where I continued going. So it was just kind of like a, a basically a falling out of friends and then me finding new friends who didn't. Do any of the stuff that I previously did, um, very much like, like it was the cool thing at the time. Like, I mean, emo bands were the biggest thing in high school for my group of friends, and straight edge. Man, if anybody knows what straight edge is, straight edge was the biggest thing to do. It was like the coolest thing to do. Basically, well, like no, no, drinking, drugs, no drinking, no drinking, no drugs, no promiscuous sex, just boring
2: that was the coolest thing to do
1: oh man it was so weird um does it come from a
3: religious place
1: i don't think so maybe it does i don't none of my friends were religious so i
3: remember kids even when i was in high school i remember kids who were straight edge like like it was a it was like almost like a cult
1: yeah it was weird like x's on your hands and like um but uh I mean, as soon as you turn 18, everybody that was straight edge is all of a sudden not straight edge. Or if before that, if they could access alcohol, <laughs> just like everybody would call it breaking edge hand quotes for a night. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I actually only had one friend um, throughout all of my high school and up until recent, he broke edge, um, which is crazy. He's been straight edge for that long. It's like a lifestyle wow. choice, like being vegan or something. I don't know. Hey, power to him. Yeah, he uh, he has a lot of will. A lot of he's a strong-willed man.
3: But you weren't conscious of it. Wasn't like a you didn't have a come to Jesus moment where you're like, I gotta turn my shit around. Or uh, no, reborn in the water. No, born
2: again.
1: No, no, I never had that moment. It was literally um, all my friends that I did stupid shit with or just did stuff that I shouldn't have been doing at that age. We just kind of stopped talking and stopped seeing each other. And then the friends that I had, um, were all like, um, just normal kids that skateboarded and got into stupid, like trouble with police when trying to skate a rail downtown. That's about it. So So, it's like, I I almost left that life behind. That's what it felt like.
2: hmm. So, I feel like it'd be safe to say that for a large part of your childhood, I don't know, you'd fall under the category of like, I don't know, at risk, troubled, whatever, yeah. whatever you like to call it. So, my question would be uh, kind of a two-part question. The first part would be what could, I guess, society have done or should do to help kids who are in a similar position? Because you know there's somebody out there who's living some variation of your story. Yeah, Uh, and i guess my second part would be if you personally know those people what can you do to to get involved or help them in any way
1: so uh i don't think this is an answer that people are gonna want but um there's been a couple things growing up that uh that were were meant for helping troubled kids and just to keep kids out of trouble like i felt like School, the only point of school is to keep us off the streets so we wouldn't be doing illegal things. That's what I felt school was like. It was just like a prison to keep you during the day. Um, but uh, there's, there's there's one thing that definitely helped out a bit. I mean, I'm not the best example for this, but um, there was a skate uh, skate kind of group. Um, it was called The Breakthrough. It was at this church, um, close to this place, this shopping mall, marketplace mall. Shopping mall. Anyway, and it was like a skate group. It was run by the church, and it was basically a bunch of, like, I guess, hoodlums, just like kids that were troubled. They would come there and they would skate, and it was free, and we had skate competitions and stuff like that. And they had like Tony Hawk one man, that game was good. Yes, it Um, was. Oh man. And, uh, like stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man, I can still, man, I got to download that soundtrack. Um, and it was just a really good place to be. Like it was like, it's hard to explain because it was like when we were there, when all the kids were there that were like, not very good kids, and skateboarding we all had something in common but when we were and when we would talk to like the counselor like the people that worked there um we were all like nice kids but when we weren't there we were not nice kids still (laughs) like we were just our normal selves so like places like that seemed to help um for the time being but it didn't help in the long run and I don't really know uh many people that try to help kids. I don't know I just maybe I just don't know enough people,
3: but you said you know your brother Owen, who was has a similar upbringing and backstory to you, I guess um and he so far hasn't really been able to uh turn his life around and you you basically said you don't know what to do,
1: yeah. And this is why I don't know what to do. So there was actually something happened at work today. Somebody had talked to me. And they had asked me a question. And my answer to them was, um, they, they asked me how I got through something. And um, um, I was like, well, this, I don't know if I was stubborn or if it was because of how I grew up. But um, I basically, I, my in my head, I thought that um, I couldn't ask for help because asking for help would make me weak, and I needed to fight through it myself. Like, I needed to be strong enough to fight through it and win, or else if I asked for help, I'd be weak. And that is kind of not for everyone. Um, that's basically how I get through a lot of things. Hmm.
3: Which is kind of the opposite of what, you know, we're told by psychiatrists and whatnot. and Exactly.
1: Uh, and that's why, again, I also, I, I see things differently than everyone I feel sometimes is um, somebody asked me again for, uh, for advice for on something. And it's like, I'm not like, why Why would you? Come? I, anyway, um, but. Uh, what I had told that person was completely different than five other people had told that person. So I don't, I I don't know if what I'm, what I would think is right or wrong, but, um, that's basically how I get through things.
3: (laughs) And it worked for (laughs) you, I guess.
1: It worked for me. And the thing is I tell people, it's like, I don't, this won't work for everyone, obviously, because everybody's different. And from what psychiatrists and, like, teachers would say that this would be the wrong way to approach things.
3: But I think there's I, guess. Tr- I think there's some truth to that. I mean, it, this, you know, I'm sure I'll get scolded by the psych- psychiatric community. But at some point, you got to, <laughs> like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, like, just man up, right?
1: Yeah, and that's... Um, Deal with your that,
3: own, you know, control your own life.
1: That's... Um... Yeah, that's how I see a lot of things. That's how I see myself anyway. But the thing is, I do have a couple friends who are who can't do that. Who are very um like say alcoholics for instance. They can't help themselves. Like my friends who are alcoholics, they can't help themselves. They've had to get help. Right. Well, that's So not everybody can do things that way.
3: That's fair enough. I guess it's 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 the age-old balance of nature and nurture.
1: Basically, what it, it narrows down to is I'm not the greatest teacher on uh, that kind of stuff. But I think it's important, or
2: I think what the value is, if you were saying like f- five people recommend one thing and then you recommend something else, I think there's value in hearing that that opinion. And if you can say, hey, this is what worked for me, it might not work for you, but this is something worth considering for whatever situation i think there's value in hearing
1: yeah i I do i would like to state though that what i did tell that person did work they chose to do what i told them over the five people and it did work
2: Hmm. it can also be coming i guess maybe from a less emotionally driven place because i i get i get the feeling that you're able to separate some of those things in your mind, yeah. the idea of like, what's, what's a good choice because it makes me feel good or what's a good choice because in the long run, it's going to pay off. And I think maybe you can see those things that might hurt to do it first. And I think that comes from a place where you have experience. You have seen some tough times. And I think because of that, you're likely able to offer, I guess, advice that, that makes sense yeah. over a longer period of time. Versus just emotionally driven,
3: and I, I just and I I think you are a good teacher in that you're you're a good teacher because you're not trying to teach. You know, it's like a great, it's like being a, a good preacher. If you want to convert somebody, don't try to convert them. You know, uh, you, here it yeah. is laid out, and you make the decision. But um, you know, and that's probably why that person took your advice over the five others because you were the only one saying not pushing it on them. You know, yeah. But that's uh I got um I got one more question and then I, I, I think I need to probably uh turn it over to Steve uh for maybe we'll each do one more question. Does that sound sounds good, good to me? Alright. Sure. Um my little girl here's got strep throat, so she's uh having a rough rough night. She's a she's one year old. Um but uh um are you angry at your mom or, or what emotions do you have for her at this point in your life? Do you feel for, um, have you forgiven?
1: I was very, very, very angry at her, uh, for the longest time. Like holding a grudge is a great Mennonite thing too. We can hold grudges forever. I feel, yeah. um, <laughs> but, true. uh, I, I was very, very mad at her for a very, very long time. Um, But in the end, um, in the end, as I say, uh, I I pretty much forgave her for everything that she's done. Um, And she was not like me where I could fight through things and um, get to some point of the word better. She couldn't do that. Um, so, ideally, what it comes down to is, she was my hero growing up. Um, she broke that, made me very angry, and then she kind she came back in my life around when Owen was hanging out, and that's when I kind of forgave her uh, for everything. I just second chance. Um, I don't give people second chances.
2: Sorry to jump in. Was that before or after she sold your camera?
1: Uh, this was um, this was after. Okay. So this was after um, I forgave her, and uh, but I don't think she ever forgave herself because our relationship wasn't the same afterwards at all for like ever. Um, but I, I think unspoken, we 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 uh, we weren't mad at each other. If that answers that question,
3: and, sure. and so so now you're you've made peace with it with her,
1: yeah. Um, like going to her funeral, I wasn't.
3: Or do you ever made mad. peace with 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 her?
1: Um. I don't know if making peace is the right words. I think it got to a point where we um, uh, what's the word? We, we like I forgave her and then she kind of um, we both were on the same page of that we knew that something happened and we were just going to how am I going to say that? Kind of just like continued our relationship not as the same as it was but A new relationship
3: it was just understood yeah well chris thanks so much for letting me um sit in and uh, and ask you questions and i just you know i have a lot of respect for for uh, you as a person and for your courage and telling your story and i think that uh i think a lot of people are are getting a lot out of it so uh so i appreciate it man keep it up
1: yeah thanks uh thanks for coming on and Support.
3: I can't wait to hear how it all. I get one more uh, question. Yeah, take it away, Steve.
2: Okay, so I guess my question would be: after hearing the last one, um, if you had one question you could ask your mom and one question you could ask your dad, <laughs> hypothetical magic land, they would just provide the truthful answer.
3: Mm, that's a good way
0: to
1: go out. Um. Let's start with the dad. Okay? I think what most kids would want or in my case as an adult is why he didn't ever come around. Even if he didn't know he was the father, uh just why didn't she just acknowledge your existence? Like we never talked once. At all, ever. So I think that would be my question to him. Just some kind of contact that... He, like, existed or something like that. Um... For my mother... I would probably ask... Why she didn't come to me for help. Because I, hands down... No matter how I felt, I would have... I would have been there to help.
0: I was thinking more about how to record the plug for this week for F Apparel and all these thoughts go through my head. I try to do them in one take to give it anybody insight into how these things go down. So here's how this one's going to go a while back, probably, I don't know, back in the spring of last year, the fall, something like that. There's a podcast I listen to called startup podcast and it's by Gimlet media. Um, wicked, wicked podcast, but what they do is they feature all these different businesses. And one of the businesses that they ended up doing a a story, a short story on was a business called I think it was called, well I've looked it up now, St. Heron's or um, something like that, but what it was, was, it was this company and they specialized in making custom made suits for the LGBTQ community and I always thought that it was super interesting that there was this their story was incredible there's this marketplace for um, people who identify within that community Um, and I think it's important to have these these niche marketplaces where uh, people have um, something that they connect with a certain brand or a company and it was an incredible story because the the person who'd started this company I think her name was Mary I could be totally wrong but um, people she was telling all these stories about how people would fly from all over North America uh, to come get fitted in these custom-made suits that they felt were making them feel a certain way or uh, feeling whole and I guess I feel maybe ignorant for not knowing this, or maybe I just had never thought about it, but I guess a lot of women, um, if they are women who are getting married to each other, or maybe there are people within the, the transgender community, um, they might want to wear a suit to their wedding, and it's it's always hard to find suits that will fit. Um, especially like if women have hips, they're not going to fit into a a men's suit so I thought it was this interesting business model that they had created a company that was so meaningful to so many people Um, and it was around such a simple concept but then it kind of choked me out too because it's 2017 and like why why can't more companies be doing things that it's, it's just a matter of like a custom suit company across the board should be able to make a custom suit that fits any person in a certain person so that they, they can feel great while wearing it. And so that's what got me thinking a little bit more about F apparel this week. I know like I know the guys from F. Um, I mean, that's just, that's the reality. I'm not going to pretend I don't, and what I can tell people from the bottom of my heart in the most honest way is that like, they will make a suit fit any body type, any person, anyone who wants to wear a suit. And they've got the best service while doing it. Um, it to me, it doesn't make any sense why if you need a custom made suit and you want your own choice of fabric, fit, style, finish, all these things... To, made to your measurements why you wouldn't go to F Apparel so ephapparel.com go check them out you can either go down to one of their showrooms they've got showrooms uh, in a few cities across Canada um, but if you are a remote customer and you're, you're online only they have a custom fit guide of how you can take your own measurements and input them into their online system and they will make a custom-made suit for you with accuracy. So you get to choose the fit, the fabric, the finish. I've done it tons and tons of times. I've said before, I don't wear suits right now at this period in my life, but I own a lot because I've had to have them have them made for different life events. But uh, I can tell you that F Apparel is the place to go. Go check them out if you want a custom-made suit. Whether you're a man getting married to a woman, a man getting married to a man, a woman getting married to a man, a woman getting married to a woman, or somebody who might be transgendered, or somebody who um, might identify with a different group, F Apparel doesn't care because they're the best company when it comes to service. So please do go check them out, ephapparel.com. Use promo code CHARACTER and receive 20% off your first order. So um, a little bit different plug this week, but fapparel.com, promo code CHARACTER, get 20% off. Uh, it, it's a plug that's meaningful. It's to me, meant something to me. I Maybe I just wanted to pontificate my views onto everyone else, but there it is. Thanks everyone seriously for tuning in, for checking it out. This week's episode was, uh, was a Q and a thanks to Samurai guitarist. Go check him out online. Um, youtube.com slash Samurai guitarist. Subscribe to his channel. Great, uh, great content coming out, out of his channel. Uh, check out me and Molly Uh, that's, that's where the music comes from. Intro music by delicate beats, uh, If you have subscribed, awesome. Whatever platform you're on, amazing. If you can share the podcast with one person, use hashtag tripod. It's an NPR started initiative to get more people listening to podcasts. But we appreciate you. Appreciate everyone listening. And if you you do have a chance to review us on iTunes, it would mean the world to us. So thanks again. We'll see you next week where we're going to start Gimli.